You'll know when you have a wild woman. She'll practice her craft without boundaries. She is truly autonomous. Her loyalty is only to the family she serves, a midwife who will not allow herself to be held back by a system she didn't create. This podcast is for the birth keepers who want to grow and change. We're open to learning through self-reflection and supportive community. We are creating this space to explore without judgment. We are remembering we were born wild. Hey beauties, welcome back to Born Wild Podcast. We're stoked that you're here. We have been doing some interesting things this week. We did uh, NRP, neonatal resuscitation, recertification, and resuscitated plastic babies. That was a hoot. And virtual babies. And virtual babies. It's, Turns out that's not as easy as it looks. It's like my favorite game. I love it so much. You love that stuff. There is like no reason we should be doing it because it's just totally hospital-based and we're not intubating babies and giving them epinephrine. And I love it so much. <laughs> and I killed my baby. And I just play that game until I get 100%. I have to do it perfect. Yes. And it's so And shitty. I failed the day before. Yeah. Because it was in my calendar wrong. Yeah. Well, you decided to but do my some certi- postpartum yes. doula work. Yes. My certificate mm-hmm. was up You were day. taking care so. of a real baby. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Doing God's work. <laughs> um, yeah. So updates. Ladies. How was this week? Yes. I saved my daughter's toe from falling off and from her bloodstream being poisoned. Um, it was really bad. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that looked really bad. Yeah, it, it was, was not good. It didn't look good. My daughter got a cut under her toe, and she actually gets those pretty frequently. But this one started to turn colors, um, and so of course I was texting, like, "You guys are medical providers. What do you think of this?" <laughs> um, and a lot of people were like, "Hmm, I'm all hippie too, but that does not look right." And then. So I did some soaking, Epsom salts, ACV, hydrogen peroxide, and was going to give it 24 hours. And the next day, it looked worse with like a lot of redness and swelling. And I was like, okay, maybe I call it. So I took her to urgent care, and the woman was like, oh, you should be doing soak. So I was like, okay, check. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you should be putting some ointment on, which I have this um, essential oil ointment Mm -hmm. for cuts Mm -hmm. that I've been doing. So I was like, okay, check, doing that. And then she prescribed us oral antibiotics. So I picked it up, tucked in the fridge, and I just kept doing what I was doing, except I added in frankincense, thieves, no, uh, and melaleuca, which is like tea tree. And I would put those straight on it and then bandage it. And, um, And then the day or two later, the coloring that was underneath the skin actually was a blood blister and it popped and blood came out and then it stopped and it was beautiful and it looked like healthy skin and I was so happy I didn't give her the antibiotics because I would have felt like that was the way she got better and it wasn't. She didn't need them and Mm -hmm. I am a healer. I healed her. (laughs) She calls me mommy doctor (laughs) because I'm like, do you want mommy doctor to take care of it or do you want to go to the doctor? So, um... Because she fights me on everything. Mm-hmm. So she let me take care of it, and she got better. And now we can throw the antibiotics away. Or keep them in the fridge for yeah. a rainy day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Leah, and I speak too quietly. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Leah. Welcome. Yeah, it's feedback. 
that I've gotten from several people. It's an mm-hmm. issue in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to not speak as quietly, um, literally and metaphorically. Take up um, space, Yes. I'm here. <laughs> Proud. <laughs> um, it reminded me of a story from when I was in midwifery school. Um, the woman who owned the birth center that I worked at, um, amazing woman. Um, I was at a birth one time and I was trying to support a woman. And I think I didn't have the confidence to like really speak to her. So I would say things like, you're doing a great job. (laughs) That's really great. Yes. Keep breathing. (laughs) And she, her name's Suzanne. She's amazing. And she was like, they can't hear you, Leah. (laughs) And it woke me up a little bit. Um, and embarrassed the shit out of me, but was a good lesson. And I try to remind myself of that when I'm communicating with women in labor because they'll definitely look at me like, what? Because I'm like, are you doing a great job? Why do I know what you're talking about? So I appreciate the feedback and I will work on being louder. Because um, you start out loud. I start and then out. You go away. Where do you go when you go? <laughs> I just go really. I start out confident and then I remember. So I think you have your own little happy place. I go, yes. All right. So those are my life goals for the podcast. <laughs> Louder, more confident. Um, but Emma, tell us about your week. My week was really good. I, man. I had a vision board moment. Mm. <laughs> yes. I, okay, you guys, listen to this. When I was in my early 20s, I was like, in my 30s, what do you want? I want to be married to a beautiful woman. Check. Mm-hmm. I want to live in a beautiful house, witchy vibes in the woods. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Playing yes. on repeat. Double check. Double check. <laughs> I want a grand piano in my house. Boom. Yeah, baby. Your girl has a grand piano. And here she is. Take it away, Emma. (laughs) No pressure. Oh, my God. Delivered by hot boys. Man, you guys, the look on their faces. They didn't know who they were bringing this piano to. And they saw two hot lesbians. They got all shaky, sweaty-handed. And it was, they were like, don't struggle. Don't struggle. They were pulling it in because we're standing there watching. It was just a scene. What door did it come in through? I can't even picture how this happened. Well, it was... Yeah, it was all right. Ra- I mean, it was. Elves brought it in. <laughs> I'm so used to like having my family like move us in all of our in- endeavors, and you're just like grabbing shit and moving it. But like mm-hmm. this was like perfectly like taped and blanketed, and it was very mm-hmm. professional, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Bay Area movers, <laughs> shout out <laughs> if anybody needs to move anything. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was really great. And I will say that. Uh, having this piano in my house has given me this life force that mm-hmm. I didn't realize I needed. Mm-hmm. Sitting mm-hmm. down and playing it, I was like, "Woo, there she is!" Mm-hmm. So that was a big win of the week. Um, put my garden in. Mm-hmm. That was exciting, and um, and yeah, you know, just happy to be here. Another day. Um, woke up this morning, so there we go. That's um, always good. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give a review from a listener um, because it turns out our podcast has left the Cal- the California and is and we've gone by coastal 
So that's exciting. Um, Christy from Florida says, uh, totally listened to your podcast on vaginal exams. It was so timely for me this week. So many friends and family have been asking if I'm dilated and it's driving me crazy not having one. Definitely felt validated in my thoughts and feelings towards routine exams thanks to you three ladies. Aww. So that is very cool. Thank you, Christy from Florida. Yeah. We're national. We're national. We are super excited for our first interview guest. We have Erica Wright, who is a big inspiration of mine. Um, she's going to talk about conscious conception, um, tell a little bit about herself and her own story with parenting and conceiving. So, um, yeah, here you go. We're excited. Hi, Erica. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for being our first guest, our first interview. We're so stoked you're here. Yes. Um, I stalked you when you were a musician because I loved your band. Um, and I loved just the fact that you were so, um, when you were pregnant, you were just so out there and you looked like such a badass and like super sexy. And all of us were just like goals. Um, so. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, so there was that. And then I saw your Instagram posts about conscious conception and, it, you know, just the angle that you were talking about with that. It just felt really different than a lot of what I've heard. Um, and then also the work that you do around codependency and just relationship stuff. And um, it just really resonated with us and just sort of your style of like not taking yourself too seriously, which is what we try to do. It's very important. Yes. Very yeah. important. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we would just love to hear about you, like just sort of yeah. where you're at in your life. Well, and Yeah. Well, first I'll say, um, <laughs> it's funny how the performance stuff looks because how it felt literally it was like I'm pissing my pants on stage right because I was zero bladder control I was wearing like period underwear with like five or six right because it's just like I'm singing and now I'm peeing and I have like insane hemorrhoids mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's all that stuff happening right and everyone's like oh my god you beautiful guy you know and it's just like <laughs> like turning around I can't breathe <gasps> anyway but it was fun I did it I did that more for my girls like because mm. I was like they really liked the vibration like the super loud vibrations and would like go to sleep it was great to just experience like them inside on the inside and now of course they sleep through freaking anything yeah for sure <laughs> no crap very selfish motivation, you know, but it, it was hard, but whatever. <laughs> it's important. To um, I love your accent, but give us some background there. Oh, I'm from Boston. That's what's wrong with me. <laughs> I'm from Boston. I moved out here in like 1995, and I really think that I don't have an accent anymore. And then... I guess I do. You show you are wrong. <laughs> it, it pops yeah, up. I uh, love it. I've lived out here for a really long time. I I ran screaming. I 
you know, I felt like I was a California person stuck in a Boston person's, you know, mm -hmm. body and got to come and get myself right. So I've lived out here for a long time and I love it. I love California. I love, um, you know, you get what you pay for. Let's yeah, say yeah, that, right? Totally. Like, if you want to live in the best place, you're going to have to pay dearly for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I moved out here a long time ago. I used to work at Tower Records. I was a bartender for like 15 years. Mm -hmm. And then I became a body worker. I was a body worker for 13 years. Mm -hmm. And then kind of got, you know, through the body work, got a lot of one-on-one -on -one with people. Through the bartending, got a lot of one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. with people, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, wanted to have, got married, wanted to have a kid always late in the game. I'm always like, you know, <laughs> very late in the game. Um, and I actually met my husband at a Native, Native American church. So got into, you know, kind of plant medicine sort of took over my life and my spiritual practice kind of got plopped down in the center instead of like lingering around on the side. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, and then did that up to COVID, like ceremonies three times a month um, up until COVID. And it was really COVID that got, and having my second child, because there's this, there's been this place for me. I've had two children and after each time, there's like this vacuum void where I'm like, okay, now I, I don't know who I am anymore. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know what I like. I don't know what I not, you know? And what was really interesting after I had my daughter Coco, I had her on March 6th, right? And what, lockdown was March 16th? Yeah. Fucking insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Right? Yeah. The opposite of my plan, <laughs> right? I was like, I'm gonna have an overnight doula. It's gonna be so different this time. It's gonna be, I'm gonna have all the help. And it was like, no, you're stuck at home with your grouchy, upset husband and you're screaming two and a half year old and happy days to you, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not quite, my husband is not the uh, postnatal doula that I was praying for, but there you go. Yeah, I mean, we've- At least there was someone there. At least there was another human being. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I don't even want to sound ungrateful because I'm not because it's hard no matter what. And I'm sure if I had had my postpartum doula, it still would have been hard, whatever. Um, but it was kind of like that vacuum where I was like, okay, what am I doing with my life now? Like, what am I doing with my life? You know, I have a chocolate company also, which I love, you know, but it's like that was put, that was just like, oh, well, you can't do shit with that either. Aww. So I was like, what am I going to do? And it became after months of nothing, 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 nurse, nurse, you know, die a thousand times, blah, blah, blah. It was like, oh, well, really all I've ever been interested in is healing, my own healing first and foremost, like completely, you know, self-centered in that. And I just, it became really clear that it would be, that it's my prayer to use my experience to relieve other people of the you know their weird ideas about how shit is you know mm -hmm. and having getting pregnant and having a baby I had my first daughter when I was 45 and Coco when I was 47 you know I'm just like really in alignment with essentially what is the you know 
internal individual dismantling of the patriarchy, capitalist, white supremacist system, right? Which is like, women are meant to perform in production. And if you can't have a baby, there's something wrong with you. And what do you mean? You can't have a kid and you can't hold down a job. And if you're going to have a baby, well, you better have it. And no one better help you. You better have it in a bush. And like, you know, don't, don't take any meds. And it's like this and do, right? And it was just so much my journey in beginning to dismantle my racism, my own misogyny, right? All of the programming that's become so apparent in this year of not having any of the regular distractions right? That my journey of having my two daughters, I don't, you know, my fertility journey, it's like, I, and I want to like really try and start to redo the language too, right? Of like infertile and right, because that's all like linked to performance as well, right? Um, it just became clear that this was something that a lot of women or a lot of birthing people are up against, right? of like, I want to have a baby. Oh my God, I'm too old. Right. And then having like allopathic medicine be like, well, here's the checklist of everything that's wrong with you. Right. So blah, 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 right. And really just bringing the, um, like the spirit back to it in the prayer. Right. So instead of like, I'm trying to have a baby, mm -hmm. I am allowing my baby to come through. Right. And it's like, I also came to the realization that it's only been like, I don't know what, the past 50 years maybe, where women could decide if they were gonna have a baby at all, right? It was just yeah. like, this is like, you know, new material here of like, I am going to have a baby on purpose? What? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's revolutionary, it is. Yeah. right? Yes, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. And, and it's like the lens that gets turned on women is like, you know, is, is just, again, it's really through the white male patriarchal, you know, Christian organized religion system of like, you know, how selfish can you be that you didn't spend your whatever decade they put in front of you, you know, you should have done it then. And so I just felt like there was a lot of liberation in it for me. Mm -hmm. And I also simultaneously, it's like, I never want to be the person that thinks I know what anyone should do. I don't know what anyone should do about anything. I don't know what I should do about anything. It's like, you know, it's, yeah. it's hot enough to wake yeah. up and not, you know, throw my children out the window and drive to Mexico every day, really. Yeah. I don't know. What I've, something that I've experienced that's really interesting is like, because I'm a midwife and I, you know, people generally know that when I, when I talk to women and they almost are like, well, I don't have kids. And then they sort of like follow it up with this, like they need to explain yeah. themselves because I'm a midwife, yeah. you know? That's and right. what I would say is like, you can not have kids, you know, like <laughs> I don't, it's fine. You know, it's, it's your yeah. path and like there's, you know, and it's not just about that as midwives for us, you know, like yeah. the thing yeah. is womb to tomb you know, right. and so like doing well, well women care and, you know, just being supportive of just women in general, you know, yeah. for what they're, and it's around uteruses generally, but just a lot of other, other aspects. So I love more and more people being like, don't tell me to have a baby, yeah. then, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Or that the way that I have it is wrong or bad or not good enough. You know, it's like, I ended up having my daughter's 
through IVF and egg donation, which when I had began my, for, you know, my allowing my children to come in was my worst nightmare. Cause it was just like, Oh, failure, failure. Right. It's like, Oh yeah, of course you like smoked and drank all your eggs away in your thirties or whatever I did. Right. And you know, the, the real blessing that came to me through that particular path was like really the beginning of the ultimate mothering lesson, which is your agenda ain't shit. <laughs> None of this has anything to do with you. It never will. And like, get out of the way, right? Which, thank God that I, I had to do it from the very beginning, right? Was like, do you like it like this? Can I get pregnant this way? No, how about this, right? Right, like right down to the birth is like, you have your plan and that baby is gonna get out the way that baby is gonna get out. They are here for themselves. They are not here for, right? So it was really good that, that I got that straight out the gate. Yeah. It was like, so, how can so could I you position tell us, myself? Like when the conscious conception came to you, when you started learning about that, was it before your children? Was it? No, it, I based my, I based my workshop on everything that happened to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Your experiences? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, probably, you know, it's so funny. I started active, I decided that I was going to have children when I was 40. I think I got married when I was 38. My husband's hella old. He's like 56 or some shit, right? So like, we're old and it's like, okay, now I want to have a baby, right? I no longer care about brunch or any of these things. I am ready to have a baby. And, you know, we, you know, we did the do of like doing it, doing it, ovulation, learning about ovulation. And like, here's the other crazy thing was that I realized even as a body worker, right? Where I could tell you every single muscle, what it does connected to bone. I knew so little about how a human being actually gets made. Right. Other than like, you know, Okay, that I got, right? But the like, oh, here are eggs and these are follicles and here's this, right? So, um, you know, we tried the traditional way for ye a couple years and, you know, a lot of the disappointment and crying on the toilet when your period comes, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like I realized that there's this heartbreak that had to happen for me over and over again. I had to heal my relationship with expectation and disappointment, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, which is also very good once you actually have children, <laughs> you know, but like really the, the, the healing my relationship with expectation and disappointment was the beginning of the cracking open of me really being able to ask myself like, at every, at every time it was like, okay, now I'm going to go see a doctor. It was like, well, what do you want more? Do you want to be right? Or do you want to have your baby? And every time it was like, I just want to have my baby. I just want to have my baby. So, um, I had probably had like a couple really early miscarriages then. And then finally was like, okay, I'm going to go to a fertility center and just have them look at everything. And the good thing is they're very popular right now, right? So there's like a bunch of them. I went to one in Marin and I went and, um, you know, 
a very icy dude, but very, you know, informative doctor, like looked at my follicles and was like, well, I would give you like a 10% chance of conceiving. Mm. With, you know, I had like one lonely egg, like tucked behind, you know, it's just like hanging out, you know, why don't you drink gin and tonics anymore? What's happening? We're not doing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just hanging out and um he was like I would give you a 10% chance if you did IVF three times with your own eggs and you're a really good candidate Hello. for egg donation and I left destroyed yeah. you know and it's so funny that I didn't even really hear the, you're a really good candidate for egg donation. I just heard that I failed. I can, you know, all those times, right? And of course I'm thinking like, well, I got pregnant when I was 16 and blah, 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 right? And you, yeah. that's where you go, right? You go into the past because it's like, well, that's safe. I know all the shit that's back there. And I really re like ha had a moment with my vanity. And this is where it started to come to, is like, oh, I am so deeply attached that my value is in my production. It even goes to my eggs. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, you know, this is, this is deep. So the great thing about being in ceremony every weekend is you can have these like massive, you know, bombs dropped and you go and it's like, then the medicine reflects to you the truth. Mm -hmm. And this is what the medicine told me. Human beings coming in have a very specific prayer for their lives. And sometimes your specific genetic material just won't do. Now you could look at this as failure, or you could look at this as this is humanity's prayer for itself moving forward. Mm -hmm. You know, you are not a failure. You, you know, this is your opening and softening and allowing. Do you want to be a vessel for a life to come in? Or do you want to check off your checklist of like, what's your agenda? So that was really helpful. Yeah. Right. And so I got to ask myself, like, well, what do I want to do? I want to have a baby. Okay. What's my prayer to have a baby? Well, I'd like to have a baby in my body. Okay. So forward we go, you know? And then when that got clear, it's like, you know, it's really expensive. My husband and I didn't have any money. You know, I mentioned it to a relative and they were like, oh, yeah, we'll pay for the whole thing. Go. Wow. And that, but that, that that, well, they paid for most and loaned us some, but like, again, it's like, there's that cracking, there's that opening, right? Of this vulnerability yeah. because it was like, well, I can't do this. I'll never pay for it, it, you know, or whatever. And it's like, it's always just vulnerability, more vulnerability, more like transparency, vulnerability. So then we ended up going to UCSF because my acupuncturist was like, they're great, go. And I was like, okay, I'm going. And you know, I really started to feel what's great about an egg donor, right? Is like, okay, well, everyone knows their own family. And I'm just like, I love my family. They're great. But frankly, I do not blame my very intelligent daughters coming in and want to mix that shit up a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like, oh, maybe you won't get the alcoholic gene. Oh, maybe you won't get the addict gene. Oh, right, right. So it's it was just like I really got to have that perspective. And then what's funny is at least at least at UCSF when you're looking for egg donors, it's like online dating. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So it's like, okay, I'm Mexican and Syrian. 
which is a super weird and and white right so it's like you're white european super weird combination for to try and find a genetic match for right so you know you're looking at all of these young women and i'm just like okay hair and teeth i guess right hair and teeth and there's you know like what do you go by right totally. so again i'm in a medicine so i was like trying to find the nicest looking one which right i'm in a medicine ceremony and the medicine says to me um you can pick any donor you want because they your children already know exactly how they need to look so it doesn't matter like find one you like and don't worry about height and you know so you know as it always is it was just like okay well the right one will come the right one came and of course she's like extraordinarily beautiful and like 23 and blah 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 and it's all anonymous and you get a fake name right her name was christine and um it's all anonymous but if you want to meet the egg donor and they agree to meet you you can Mm. So of course I'm like, I need to cry and hug this lady. I mean, what the fuck, right? Mm -hmm. So she agreed and it was like meeting a relative energetically and on a soul level. Like it was just, she's crying, I'm crying. I mean, there was, it's just like, what do you even ask? I don't know. I don't care. I just wanted to hug you and cry and, you know, regardless of whether or not I ever see you again. And that was really beautiful. And then, you know, here's the difference between my (laughs) lonely egg is like, she had 47 follicles, you know, because she was like 23 and she was going to pay for her wedding with the money that she made. It's just like, it's such a win-win. It's not even funny. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Then we go through this and I decide the other thing that's really helpful for me is because I didn't know anyone else that had done egg donation. People didn't even know that that was a thing. Like everyone knew that sperm donation was a thing, but no one knew that egg donation was a thing. Like what the fuck, right? So I'm like, I'm just going to tell everyone what I'm doing because I didn't know anyone that had done that. Right. And I'm like, I want to like, even in the process, I was like, I really hope to be a resource for birthing people who are going this route. Right. Mm-hmm. So long story short, 47 follicles, 16 seven-day embryos is what we got, right? In wow. the freezer. Human beings sitting in the freezer. This is like yeah. insane, right? Yeah. Star Wars stuff. <laughs> so then, you know, it's like great. They gave me like an 86% chance. I had a bunch of uh, what are those like fibroids? You know, they took one out. That's great. Blah blah blah. And then you go and you watch yourself get pregnant, which is crazy, mm-hmm. right? It's like here comes the baby, you know, and you're just like laying there on volume, like what? This is amazing, you know. And then I like to get up and hug the doctor with no pants on. It makes him very uncomfortable, but it's like <laughs> that's the guy that got you pregnant. Come on, <laughs> we can hug. Um, and then you know it's like there's a bunch of shots and a bunch of drugs and then you know it's like I have two amazingly beautiful daughters who are exactly as they should be you know I mean and like there's more to that but you know it just it's I and, and I often think to myself now like if I could would I change anything and I wouldn't I wouldn't And I thought when my first daughter Stala was born, I thought for a second, I was like, well, maybe, 
you know, when she comes out, she won't smell like, won't feel like mine. I mean, from the moment I can see, I mean, just from the moment I decided it was what I was going to do, there was no question I was going to have my children. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it, yeah, I mean, there was just no question about it. But I just thought, you know, because like, the, the doubt's always available, isn't it? To like, just kind of pull from the back room forward of like, well, maybe it will be weird. And no. It was just like with every fiber of my being, these children are my babies, you know? And just in that, and then, you know, the birth was like, I'm going to have a, oh, no, you're not. You know, you get the birth that you're going to get. And even that was like, it's all perfect and amazing, Mm -hmm. especially when you have the intention just to pull the agenda out of it, just to pull the judgment out of it. Like just allow like I can see now so clearly is like my girls came in the way that they did both ways like through the donor of the Miana right and then their births happened exactly as they needed to and even now you know they're 13 months and three and a half years old it's like I'm just trying to get the fuck out the way I'm just trying to get out of the way and hopefully teach you not to be an entitled horrible monster but like mostly they, they're here to do their prayer on this planet, which the other thing I include in my conscious workshop, the other download that I got from the medicine was like, do not begin to compare your experience of being a child to theirs. Like these children are not here to be in therapy about how their mom didn't love them for, you know, six years. Like that's your deal, right? Being my generation is like, Y'all have stuff to heal up with your parents. It's like, they're here to save a planet. They don't have time to fuck around with that. Yeah. Like I didn't get a pony and I'm so mad, you know? It's like they have to, for reals, make sure that they have an environment that they can grow up in. Like literal air, water, food, you know? Which was another reason why it became clear of like conscious conception becoming a thing, mm-hmm. right? It's like, who are you birthing and why? Yeah. And that is not to say that people that get pregnant on a one night stand or whatever, it is not more or less. It is just a color on the spectrum. It is like, it, it's the spectrum that I happen to be dialed into. You yeah. know, that is not to say that all of the savior of the universes are not coming from teenagers having sex in cars. I would not know. This is the particular channel that I'm dialed into, you know? is just like having children on purpose and the liberation that occurs for women and going, do I want this? Yes or no. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. sorry. Am I like talking forever? Exactly. Yeah, totally. I was just saying that something that's really interesting is I work with IVF families all the time. Yeah. And all the time. Yeah. You know, and it's something that, like you said, people don't even know is an option until somebody in their life is like, this was my experience and I'm going to be super honest about it. And this is how I felt. And, you know, you might feel differently, but like just saying it's not better or makes you a better woman or less of a woman or like, you know, you made these choices and this is why this is happening to you. You know, um, I've had a couple births where they did use an egg donor. And when the baby came, I was like, she looks just like you. And the mom sort of steps back, like, 
but it was an egg, you know, like an egg donor. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, no, it looks like you, no. you know, and growing yeah. her in your body. Yeah. All everything that is you grew that child. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They're made out of you. Yes. And it's like, I love science, science rules. And yes. it's like the thing that science will constantly tell you about itself is it doesn't know. You know, it's like, especially in the IVF egg donation, it's like, this is such a new technology. It's like, they don't have any accurate record of exactly how much of the birth mom and that, you know, it's because they're still finding it out, you know? And it's like, I, my first daughter, I literally gave birth to myself, like to a default where I'm like, oh my God, why are you, can you just stop, you know? And it's like, no, I'm just like you, blah, 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 right? So it's just, it's so deep. It's so deep. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, not to mention just like giving birth to your dead relatives. Right. Yeah. 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 That's true. You know, the second coming of the next lifetime, if you're into that sort of thing. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, your words are just healing me in more ways than you know. Um, Oh, good. It is, it's very... Um, <laughs> timely in my life, actually. Um, oh, good. So I just want to ask about your workshop. Like, what are the details about yeah. that? What the codependency one or the conception one? Conception. <laughs> the conscious conception, yeah. The conscious conception? Uh-huh. Um, well, it's, I don't have one on the books yet. It's two hours long and it, you know, it really you know, the goal of it is really to allow women to get clear yeah. about their prayer, mm. right? It's not just like, oh, I want to have a baby and I don't know. It's just like, okay, let's just get clear. Mm. Do you want to have a baby? Yes. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Right. You know, and, and it's not even that there's an answer that the answer doesn't mean anything as much as the clarity and like grounding that in. And it's like, okay, are you willing to be vulnerable enough to just visualize yourself pregnant? Yeah. That's just visualize that, like Mm -hmm. that it's something that you can actually have. Right. Because I just think there's so much material that keeps women from that level of vulnerability, which is a lot, right? Cause you are like opening up your heart, so deeply yeah and then you know once you're pregnant it's the most vulnerable thing in the world I mean it's just all about you're not in control mm-hmm. right in both my pregnancies I hemorrhaged blood mm-hmm. twice in both of them and was like ah! like a hysterical right and it's just like the level and and you just you can't control anything But what you can do, it's like the action item you can do is just get really clear on what your prayer is and hold it, you know? And that like, you are going to get your baby no matter what. Doesn't, okay. And and at each step of the game, you'll be given a modification, Mm -hmm. right? It might be, oh, yay, I got pregnant the first time I tried, or, you know, oh, I've done IUI, that didn't work, or I did this, or, you know, but it's just like, always staying in your prayer, which is extraordinarily powerful, is like keeping your power regardless of 
where the sway is happening and no one knows anything no one knows anything about anything remember that forever there isn't a fucking doc no one knows shit everyone is going "Mm, okay well i think let's try this right it's like no one's an expert at anything especially like life it's god shit you don't know just shut up yeah right so it's like really you know my workshop is like offering women or birthing people to maintain their relationship with their creator because that's that's all there is you know and like science will come and go and children and blah but it's just like and listening listen because it's it's your baby's talking to you yeah. Right. This is not some separate occurrence that's happening in a fucking dish. Mm-hmm. And even if it is happening in a dish, that soul is like right there. And, and if you are willing to open up and get vulnerable and ask to be told, mm-hmm. there's no doubt in my mind that you can yeah. receive instruction from yeah. the way that that being wants to come in or whatever the next step healing path is for you right but it's a healing path this isn't a prize it's not a door prize and that's the part that's the part that is so hard to swallow when you are actively trying to have a baby Mm -hmm. and you are in it and that's right stop trying Um, stop trying the failed eyes the failed IUI, yeah. uh, you know, I've, I'm going through a situation with my wife where we, we've been together for 10 years. I was a teen mm-hmm. mom. And when we got mm-hmm. together, my daughter was two and she looked at me, she's like, well, you're a fixer upper, but I see a lot of potential there. And she's been with me ever since. We waited <laughs> until we were, had our shit frozen. What was that? <laughs> you know the song Frozen? Oh, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Yeah, totally. (laughs) So we waited until we had our our stuff together, right? Whatever that means. And now she's 33. We're trying to have a baby and these IUIs aren't working. And I'm like to my knees in absolute grief. The period on the toilet story really hit me because that was our real. And just like, am I not doing my work? Like, and then it, it comes back on the guilt of like, why? Because this baby is right there. What is it? So it, what you're saying is just absolutely like just watering me mm-hmm. right now. I'm so glad. Yeah. I mean, really workshop 101 is like, stop trying. Mm-hmm. Give up. And, and what I mean by that is allow. Mm-hmm. Right? Is allow. It's just like, what, what just take a break right? It's like the world isn't going to end if you stop mm-hmm. for a minute and nothing ever stops anyway, right? It's like right. nothing's ever stopping. Yeah. And just allow yourself a little bit of space. Take the rush and the emergency and the urgency out of it, Yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Because it's in that space of like, okay, I give up. That's where you're going to soften and just tell me if there's anything for me to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've definitely talked about this randomly, but had the experience with families where, Oh, I know I never talk loud enough. It's like part of my my journey in life is to be more expressive. So I'm going to try to talk loud (laughs) or normal audibility. Um, Just families that I've worked with where they did IVF or IUI for years and they finally, you know, got pregnant and then 
six months after they had their baby, they got pregnant spontaneously. Mm-hmm. So they have like twins and this, you know, one-year-old. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, I mean, multiple, yeah. multiple times that's happened. Um, you know, more creative. when I've worked with families, just m- more like friends that have asked me questions about conception, um, who there's no like found medical reason, you know, yeah. they keep trying and, you know, they're taking temperatures and they're, you know, doing all this charting and, and making love turns into this like really stressful uh, thing. Uh, and it, you know, it's appropriate with drinking. I just tell them to go away and drink a bottle of red wine and like, mm. just let loose. And it usually yeah. works, you know, and it's yeah. sort of like this idea of m- taking your agenda out of it, you know, That's and right. just being like, this is how you do it. And it's worked a few times, mm-hmm. you know, and again, like not yeah. everyone drinks and I don't need to generalize, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I but like, okay, this is supposed to be about love and about calling it our baby and you can't structure it, you know? And when you like, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean you can't structure it with IVF or with IUI, but mm-hmm. as far as like it working and you like, you know, coming to a place of acceptance, you do kind of have to just be like, what, like you said, like, why do I want to do this? Like the root of why yeah. I want this baby to come in. Mm-hmm. Well, and also there is a great, like my children coming in the way that they did gave me this really great gift mm-hmm. of having to go through all this bullshit so that I could turn into the mother that they needed. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, everything that you think is like a struggle or a problem or it's like, it's not working. And it's like, it is shaping you into a very different person. Mm -hmm. Totally. Right. In the best ways. Right. It's like all the, all the things that all, all the times I cried on the toilet, I will tell you right now that softened me to a level that these children needed me to be. I would not be the same mom if I had like just boned my husband one night and whoop de doo It just, and, and again, it's like, there's nothing, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm talking about me. Yeah. And like the, you know, the, the rounding out, the, the, the softening that needed to happen to me through, you know, three miscarriages, getting my period all the time, you know, like every, and of course, when, as you know, when you're trying to get a, pregnant every single person around you is pregnant like all of a sudden people don't oh I didn't even want a baby oh no I don't have a uterus I can't believe I'm pregnant and you're just like what what What?" you know like oh you know so it's like it's it's funny and when you feel it in your field right Mm -hmm. but just you know the other thing that came through at one point with like star, my daughter Starla's spirit was probably with me for a solid year before mm-hmm. she actually took a body, and I had had a couple miscarriages, and I was just like, "What is going on? Like this, I can't be, you know? Am I just like a moment of real rawness, which like will turn the volume up on that right a little bit when you're just like so open?" And she was just like, "You can't fuck it up. Don't worry about it. Like." Mm. Yeah. Do the next thing now. Mm-hmm. It's all a frozen zone. Do the next right thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love it. Let it go. Life, Let it go. Life is a miracle. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yes. Genius. Yeah. Amazing. But you know, whatever you do, 
and another thing I do is I do one-on-ones where like we can look really specifically at exactly where you are you know look at your like see if baby has anything that they want to say that you're not hearing that I can hear or you know your ancestry or something's coming up on in your field that you can't see I I mean I like to do the one-on-one work a lot more the workshop's great but the one-on-one is really interesting because you know then you kind of get into the to the guts of it Mm -hmm. um but yeah I mean that's always a possibility too but there's no doubt in my mind that you're right on track and I'm when what's hot is hot I'm sorry it just sucks what sucks sucks yeah Yeah, absolutely Mm -hmm. um so how would people get in touch with you to to book these amazing I have a website it's very automated I think I'm wearing the same exact outfit because (laughs) I wore overall for like (laughs) the first 10 years that I parented Dude, like eight pairs just, of like, pockets, no waistline. Yeah. What is even going on? That's so easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a website, ericawright.org, and it's all right there, and everything is there, and it's automated, and you just book, or you can email me and ask me a question, or whatever you like to do. And I'll, I'll put that in the show notes when I edit this. Um, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, we have some last really important questions to ask you and then we can wrap up and you've sort of already covered all of this which is amazing um in in a general (laughs) way but so one question that we have is what did you swear you'd never do as a parent but that you do now all the time oh Oh my god (laughs) three seconds um everything. I was such a better parent when I didn't have kids. Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, everyone when you don't have kids. It's just like, oh yeah, <laughs> tell, tell me all about it, what, you, what you're not going to do. Um, I will say fucking TV, dude. I was like, no, and Disney is no. And I swear to God, my, my daughter Starla is just like, would get Elsa tattooed on her forehead. And <laughs> nothing but plastic garbage eco nightmare crap suits for the rest of her life if she was yes totally yes tv and plastic Mm -hmm. you know so real yeah those are the things (laughs) okay my question is um if you could go back and ask your teenage self no wait yeah, if you could give your oh advice, what would it be? Ask my teenager self advice. No, talk to you. Give <laughs> give your. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have anything good to say about that. I'm not asking her anything. <laughs> okay, you could go back and tell them something from when when you were a teenager. You could go back and say something from your future self. What would it be? Oh, stop trying so hard. Yes. With everything, (laughs) straight across the board, just stop trying so hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good advice. You're great. Forget it. Okay, my question: What is your most unpopular opinion? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, you guys! (laughs) Really? Yeah, we can always edit it out if we yeah, need to. Don't worry. 
it's really it is nothing that deep I, trust me it is like it, it i'm making it a big deal i fucking hate james taylor <laughs> there you go and I feel like every time I tell someone that, they're like, what? What? And I'm like, I hate that man. I hate his voice. I hate him. I hate his beret. I hate him. Sorry. And I hate James Brown. We it forgive is, you. Yeah. yeah. We forgive you for everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, well, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. It was, it was so great to get to know you a little bit better. And um and you're a badass yes yeah. we're yeah for you when you were I wish I was a baby so I could have a baby with you although it would probably not work anymore but you know no I don't wish I could have a baby yeah. <laughs> no done 49 <laughs> and done crazier things have happened <laughs> I don't want to I'm taking that back Mm. Yeah, but you're so wonderful. Thanks for all that you do. I'm really, really grateful for everything that you do. I know I have a slight idea of what goes into it and I don't. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I just, yeah, this was great. Well, yeah, the people like who attended my birth changed my life and mm -hmm. it was just like, you know, they were just regular old hospital folks. So <laughs> I can only imagine the, what you do for people. Really grateful. All right. Well, thank, thank you. you. Have yeah. a good, have a good okay, rest of your week. Talk now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks. Let me know and share it. Bye. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. Thanks everybody for listening. You can find us at Born Wild Podcast on Instagram. For inquiries or feedback, you can email us at bornwildpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me, Emma Ray, on Instagram at Emma Ray, R-E-A, Sophia at sophiabirth.com, and me, Leah, at Bay Area Home Births. We would really appreciate it if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us reach more people. And as always... Stay wild.